Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. On this episode, I sat down with Kyle Shank, who's a guy who's involved in a lot of different things in town here. He's worked for a few fly shops. He's taken a lot of great pictures of the area and the fish in the area. And kind of what got us connected this time around was um, the Wiki Up Picky Up, which he helped put together with a few other people. So we talked about that. We talked about his background coming to Bend and his work in town and his company that he started up just over a year ago. And uh, we had a great conversation. So hope you enjoy it. Thanks. All right, I'm sitting here with Kyle Shank. Kyle, thanks for coming over and sitting down. And I uh, had a little fake out there on the podcast there. We lost some audio. But um, yeah, if we can get back into kind of your background, coming to Bend, living in Bend, fishing, and uh, kind of how you ended up here. Yeah. Um, so I've been in Bend just over six years, actually. Okay. Um, I moved here in 2012, uh, right okay. when I got out of the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I'm actually a uh, native Oregonian. I was born in Portland. I grew up in uh, North Idaho. We so moved whereabouts in North Idaho? Uh, Coeur d'Alene area, okay. Hayden specifically. Okay. Um, basically, basically Coeur d'Alene, yeah. um, which is an amazing place to grow up. Yeah. Um, big mountains, lakes all around, yeah. rivers all around. Cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I didn't fish much as a child okay. up there. Um, but uh, I got into fishing when I was probably in high school. Okay. Um, but yeah, I grew up there. Went to high school up there in Northern Idaho. Um, I didn't actually. I went to high school in the Boise area. Okay. Um, we stayed in North Idaho till about middle of eighth grade, and then went to uh, Ohio, which is awful. And uh, <laughs> I will coming from Idaho. Yeah, yeah, coming from Idaho when you're in eighth grade, going to Ohio, you're yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I remember. Uh, joining the ski team there and was all excited and they're like the mountain's awesome and I like show up and I'm like where's the mountain (laughs) you know like literally took me 11 seconds to get from the top to the bottom I timed it and um anyways yeah moved back to Idaho um in the middle of my sophomore year of high school to the Boise area that's really uh my buddy and I we kind of started fishing bass ponds around with uh conventional gear uh just for fun you know we'd actually like take bass out of ponds and then be like uh what what do we do now (laughs) you know like we had big grand scheme plans to go eat these bass and then like would get them and not have any idea what to do with them but um anyways we did that kind of stuff fishing around there but after after high school um i left idaho joined the navy and uh that kind of brought me all over um as you would imagine, I was stationed, started out in Great Lakes, Illinois. Um, back to the Midwest. Back to, back to the Midwest. <laughs> and it was crazy, man. Like, I got there in September, and our boot camp was two months or so, right? Okay. Eight weeks. And it was gnarly. Like, it got cold quick. Yeah. Like, right outside Chicago is where we were at. Okay. Um, and then once I graduated that, I actually did my hospital corpsman training there, on the, the beginning of it, for... About seven months, I want to say. I was there. I was in Great Lakes from September until May. Okay. And that winter, <laughs> yeah, was one of the worst winters they had ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy because I, like, grew up in North Idaho, and we'd get crazy storms. Yeah. Like, the right. storm in 96 that everyone talked about, the ice storms and everything, and had, like, one snow day, yeah. right? And I go join the Navy in my first year in the Navy. Uh, I had, like, seven or eight snow days really? because it was insane, the amount yeah. of snow there. Yeah. Anyways, um my uh, my trajectory in the Navy was actually to stay in Great Lakes, Illinois for three years after I finished my school. Um, and the night before I graduated, I got orders to Okinawa, Japan, oh. um, which, you know, at 18 years old, they're like, well, that's quite a bit different yeah. than staying in uh, the Great Lakes area. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd be there 
I think five days after our graduation. Wow. So, you know, we were all planning for me to be in Illinois and like, it was really cool. I actually had a best, like one of my best friends from high school, they had moved to that area okay. in Illinois right when we graduated. So when I, I got out of boot camp the day before Thanksgiving and I was able to spend Thanksgiving with like one of my dear friends from high school oh, and cool. his family, um, yeah. which was amazing. So anyways, um, yeah. And then shipped off. <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. <laughs> after that is, yeah, I went to Okinawa, came back to the States in 2010, uh, was stationed in North Carolina um, at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point. Okay. And I ended up spending about five or six months there um, before I got selected for deployment. So uh, after that, I transferred to Camp Lejeune mm-hmm. um, on the coast of North Carolina as well and started, man, we did workup deployment training for four and a half months or so. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Some of the coolest things you'd ever get to do, yeah. you know, field ops and getting dunked in a fake helicopter, learn how yeah. to escape, which is funny because we were training for Afghanistan. And as far as I remember, there wasn't much water. Not so water, yeah. yeah, that escaping a <laughs> helicopter crashing in water there was not, not, not a big concern, yeah. but did you know at that point you were going to Afghanistan? I did. Yep. Yeah. So I actually remember the moment I was in surgery with my doctor I worked with and, uh, our commander came in. She's like, Petty Officer Shank, it's your time. And I was just like, I was ecstatic. Yeah. Like, that's what we wanted, right. you know. Um, I would do it all over again for sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was yeah, it was cool. Then that summer, we actually ended up deploying. And uh, I deployed with 2nd Maintenance Battalion, some Marine Corps logistics unit. Uh, and, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, they, they said... <laughs> Our deployment was going to be six months, and then they sent half our crew back around Christmas, and they're like, the rest of you are going to be out in a month, and that wasn't the case. I ended up coming back early March, um, but I had some pretty phenomenal experiences over there yeah. and things out. And so how old were you at this point? Like, I was, let's see, that was 2011, 2012. Uh, so I got, let's see, I would have been... I joined in 07 at 18. I was 22. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Okinawa and then Afghanistan. Yeah. Like 22. That's I, it's pretty crazy. Good uh, covering some ground. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, spent, I spent five years active duty and uh, I spent just about over three years of that overseas, if not more than that, three and a half, maybe closer. Wow. You know, most yeah. of my in state stuff was training, except mm-hmm. for the few months before I was selected for deployment. Right. Um, and yeah, I got back in. Uh, March of 2012 and um, had some grand ideas of moving to Rhode Island um, <laughs> and my mother and father were like ah, I don't know if that's necessarily the best idea for you if I had had your ear at the time I would have said there's some great fly fishing for striped bass yeah that's what I grew up doing but <laughs> I, I believe it and that's but, like but the, I hear you that the mountains and the rivers it's a different yeah. kind of place totally sure. different yeah. out east out west yeah. I had just been all around the world so I hadn't you know, my, my focus was like, I just, at that point I was ready to get out and start college and start being a civilian again. And I didn't really care where it was at. You know, I was like going to go to Appalachia state and then like Utah state and all those places. And finally my mom and dad were like, you should take a look into Bend, Oregon and being a native Oregonian. I was like, Hey, that's cool. I don't really want to go back to Boise. It'd be, I wasn't interested in Boise state. Right. And, uh, I'm sure you were somewhat familiar with Bend having spent some time in Oregon and you know, family in Oregon. I knew Mount Bachelor, yeah. uh, mainly because my best friend growing up, his family would come here every year to go okay. skiing. Uh, we skied at Schweitzer and Lookout together growing up. And okay. he, uh, 
he'd come here and he'd always bring me like a souvenir back. Oh, nice. Um, so I was like, oh, Mount Bachelor, that seems familiar, you know. Yeah. And But really, I mean, I left Oregon when I was yeah, right. right before I turned five. Yeah. Um, but my parents had been coming here back back in the day while yeah. they were in college and whatnot. And um, that must have been sometime in the 80s. And yeah, uh, yeah they came here. My mom was like, you should take a look at it. So, yeah. you know, did a quick Google search and was like, this looks legit, you yeah. know. And I... Uh, I came home, you know, we got back from deployment and then you'd think like in the movies, you come home and everyone's waiting for you and you get to go home. And, but no, it's not the case. Like yeah. you get off the plane. I got home at 11 PM. My parents were in Hawaii cause like it's so unpredictable when you're going to come and they yeah, had this right. trip planned. But my little brother was also in the Navy and he was stationed in Kings Bay, Georgia. So he drove up that oh, day. Cool. So he was there. We got back at 11 o'clock. And first place I went was Taco Bell and Walmart, <laughs> mainly because I didn't have any clothes and I was hungry. Yeah. Um, and it was open because it was late. And then got a bottle of whiskey and nice. uh, my brother and I had a couple whiskey drinks together. And I had to be back at work at 7 a.m. the next oh, day. Man. You know, so they had a de- there's tons of debriefing that goes into yeah. all that and whatnot. But um, so I ended up taking leave about two and a half weeks after I got back, I think, and went back to Boise. And my family and I came out here and. Cool you know toured and went to cocc and like drove all around town and yeah. tried to find an apartment and all that for me and at the at this time the military was downsizing the force so if you were accepted to university or college you could get out um, i believe it was up to like six months early wow. yeah. i was already my my end date was september 24th excuse me september 23rd okay. 2012 but college started at cocc september 24th okay. so moving cross country in uh takes, in a day takes takes yeah. longer than a day i've <laughs> Take, done it yeah yeah you know how it goes <laughs> um so they uh i applied to cocc and got that acceptance letter and applied for the early out and ended up getting uh, out about 45 days early cool and uh moved here and got right into cocc and uh I spent my first year, I worked at Costco and then um, started hanging out, flying field a lot. Cool. I mean, honestly, I, I did a lot of fishing, a yeah. ton of fishing. In the so middle. you were into fishing all along. Yeah, yeah, but it was mainly conventional. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, most of my Marine buddies, we'd fish, we were fortunate enough on base that we could fish every day on in base. In North Carolina. Yeah, in North yeah. Carolina. Like we were, we had ponds with huge bass, yeah. like nobody was doing it we'd go rent like free canoes for like this uh what they call it like the single marine program we'd go rent canoes and look at our phone and go find ponds on the map and just like go find what we could we had some pretty crazy adventures getting locked in losing our almost losing my car having guns pulled on us fishing in places like it was it was pretty fun um and all this yeah looking back um it was my best fishing buddy ever his name's alex he doesn't fish anymore because yeah. he's married and got oh, okay. kids. He's in Missouri. He still fishes a little, but yeah. um, he's one of the best Marines I ever knew too. Anyways, um, so I always wanted to start fly fishing there. Yeah. And they'd be like, dude, don't do that. It's yeah. so stupid, you know? And like, I'd be like, I had like in my hand, we didn't have much in North Carolina. We had a Walmart. So like yeah. I picked up like the Walmart fly fishing nice. special several nice. times. And they're like, dude. Like, you know, said some nasty, vulgar things to me about it. And (laughs) so literally I got to Bend and the first day I was in Bend, I walked to Payne's Fly Shop. I was living Uh by there bought a setup, went straight to the river. He taught me how to cast really briefly. um, And I just hit it hard. Um, I mean, my first year I started counting. I did about 230 days on the water. Um, I was in college. Um, I was fishing 
you know, just around town mainly, mm-hmm. um, Crooked River, you know, just the easy stuff learning yeah, and right. started hanging out, flying field quite a bit. And actually, you know, I was definitely pretty green, but they gave me an opportunity because they could see that like it was something I was very passionate yeah, about. Right. And I, I mean, I learned very quickly, like yeah. how to cast and learn about the flies. Yeah. I'd buy the, all the books. I could. days. Yeah. Probably a lot of people who don't do that in 10 years. Totally. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I was fortunate enough to score a job at Flying Field in, I believe it was 2013, okay. um, in February. And cool. So pretty close after you moved here. Yeah, it yeah. was, um, it was pretty quick. And I, uh, I worked at Costco and was not having it. Yeah. I was not in a good spot. Like not passionate about that. As not much. <laughs> not passionate. I was pretty much right off a plane from Afghanistan, pushing shopping carts with fifty year olds, yeah. and like my mindset was not there at yeah, the time. Yeah, you know, I um, so I was super fortunate. I got the job at the fly shop, and um, you know, I learned so much there. Yeah, um, it's an incredible place to learn. Like yeah, you learn from shop. learning from people like Scott Cook and yeah. Dave Merrick and. Griff as well, you know, mm-hmm. all the people I've been, I think Griff and I started at the same time and like oh, that cool. guy's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, Scott yeah. Cook on Lakes is yeah. like oh, yeah. <laughs> game changer, guy, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, he's, so just listen to them and also listen to the customers coming to the shop, yeah. you know, and like, it's funny, like, I, I didn't necessarily know anything about lakes, but I could give like a customer be like, this is what you need. This is yeah. where you should go. And they'd be like, dude, we crushed it. And like, yeah. that was awesome. So I worked a lot in the shop and cool. I was going to COCC and then OSU Cascades um, and worked a lot yeah. um, in the shop, which was great. And then my second year there, I started dabbling in the guiding, you know, doing shop time and walking way and, yeah. and that kind of thing, which was Awesome. So kind of doing like upper to shoots, crooked, totally trips. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, yeah, mainly just those two upper to shoots. I used to love that place. Like road, you know, you know, the bridge. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Going up there and just fishing with clients and, you know, I wasn't doing a ton of trips, but still it was like getting out of the shop, being on the water, seeing a a guest get into a fish. And it's like, this is awesome. Kind of share the enthusiasm. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, every, you know, it was awesome. Uh, so I, I started doing a little bit more of that. I was definitely heavier on the shop side since I've been involved, um, yeah. more of a part-time guide. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I worked at Flying Field and took a couple of different jobs throughout and ended up working a year at the Fly Fisher's Place um, cool. for a season, which was great. Working in the shop or in the... Did yeah. both. Yeah. Um, mainly, you know, I did a lot of shop time. Yeah. I started there in the spring early too. And okay. I think I had... I spent a lot in the shop, like actually learning product and like yeah. I could talk about it, like something I was really passionate about talking to our reps and whoever it may be like right. learning, like what this Nautilus reel actually does and right. how it's built and how these rods are built, you know, and kinetic technologies yeah. and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Like there's a lot of, a lot there's of technology a, going into it. So yeah. you better understand it if you're selling it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a ton of stuff, which yeah. is like so funny cause it's fishing, you right. know, like right. this rod has like. 10th generation technology, you know, it's, it's pretty comical yeah, really, yeah. but all the manufacturers put the, put the time and money into it. So they do. And they like, do. yeah, I mean, there's some fantastic rods yeah, out there. Yeah. It just keeps getting better. I'm a Winston guy personally. And yeah. I like my Sage rods, but Winston and Echo, I really like them both. But, yeah. um, yeah. So working in the shop and man, working in the shop, I'll tell you, like, aside from just learning about fishing, in general, in Central Oregon, I learned a lot about the industry. Um, I was able to get um, more involved aside from being um, 
in the shop and like as a on the guide front, I was able to, you know, I've gone to IFTD and ICAST for the last oh, four cool. years okay. um, with Blackstrap Industries. Okay. Um, and I'm, are you familiar with Blackstrap? Yeah, yep. yeah, a little bit, not not real well. Are they, is that based in Bend? Yeah, Central Oregon. Oh, totally. Okay. So they're uh, they've been around since 2008. Okay. Um, they mainly started in the ski and snowboard industry, making the balaclava type thing, yeah. all 100% USA made. Um, and they actually brought me on as an intern um, while I was going to OSU Cascades to help kind of merge into the fishing market. Oh, and cool. with them, I was able to start learning how to manage ambassador programs and create ambassador programs and really started dabbling in the marketing side of, yeah. side of things, which was so backwards from what I did in the military, yeah. you know, being in the medical field and right. uh, medical and dental is what I did in, okay. in the military. And um, it was awesome. My yeah. first plan was to go be a nurse when I yeah. got out. And I uh, took an intro to outdoor leadership class at COCC. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, what is this all about? So yeah. I ended up going down the tourism and outdoor leadership pipeline cool. um, at OSU Cascades. And uh, I got a, yeah, I got a bachelor's of science in that with a business minor and a sustainability minor. Okay. I had an amazing, amazing time there and my advisor was awesome i used the gi bill you had to have a minimum of 12 credits every term and i was like this is what i want i need i need 12 because that's how you get your full benefits right and i'm like just give me 12 let's figure it out so yeah. she like was on it i'd come that's in awesome. she'd be like this is your classes here you go like here's at least 12 credits every term there's yeah. one term i had 11 which yeah. is like i got like a hundred dollars less or whatever <laughs> so but it, it was awesome and that's I a great kind of set of degrees too yeah and kind of background it was for study that's that's awesome that they have those programs it is um and i had a great time at osu cascades yeah. it was pretty it was before they opened the new campus so yeah. was, especially in my degree program is pretty intimate like yeah. we all had you know every term you knew who was going to be in your class right. really small class sizes and it was truly a really unique college experience especially being a non-traditional age student you know right. i started college at 23 or whatever right. and i i wouldn't trade it for the world it's yeah, awesome. awesome cocc was a blast too and yeah. um really gave me a lot of opportunity really in this yeah. community and learning and, and coming in and working for the shop and working for blackstrap and working fly fisher's place i mean it, get in touch with a lot of people doing all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Totally. Um, and yeah, Blackstrap, you know, it's every year I've gone with them to ICAST. And okay, cool. This was, yeah, my fourth year this summer going with them yeah. to Florida, you yeah. know, and we get to start doing some saltwater, blue water fly fishing, like nice. uh, false albacore and bonita, yeah. and, uh, dolphin fish or yeah. mahi, whatever you want to call it, um, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, you hook like a, you're fishing a 12 way and you have a freaking false albacore eat your fly yeah. and like that yeah. and it's just down you know after like five or six of them you're like i think i've had enough like because <laughs> right. they just bulldog right to the bottom yeah, right. and come back up with you yeah. um but it's cool we caught like a 220 pound sandbar shark one wow. time uh really awesome yeah going down just to florida side trips off of the icast yeah. yeah yeah we tried the first year we didn't have you know we were getting our feet wet so we didn't really get uh, we didn't get a fish that year because yeah. we were the new guys around and right. just wanted to get a lay of the land. And uh, it's a week-long trade show. And, oh, wow. I mean, you're exhausted. I mean, yeah. the trade show is three days, but we get there flying from Oregon to Orlando. Yeah. It's, it's a day right you know, there, yeah. You get there. We're usually on the freaking no, uh, red-eye flight over there right. and go into straight up setting a 20-by-20 20 20 booth up. Yeah. And the doors are open. It's 
humid in there like yeah. not a not a fun place to <laughs> yeah. be you know living um, in oregon you get soft to the uh humidity pretty quick i can attest to that it's, yeah it is no Florida's fun. next level it humidity. is next no, like you are you're just sweating like yeah. profusely oh, yeah. and don't understand how people can live there <laughs> <laughs> me too that for a variety of reasons yeah. yeah yeah right for a variety yeah i mean that's not my favorite place to go by yeah. any means kind of reminds me of ohio <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, it's, it's been really awesome. Uh, this community has been great. Uh, aside from, you know, Blackstrap and Flying Field and the Fly Fisher's Place, in college I was able to start working with nonprofits as well. Yeah. Um, kind of how we met with the Bend Casting right. Club, yeah. getting involved with Gabe. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Gabe kind of took me under his wing and kind of showed me the way through some of the nonprofits. And yeah. We got to do some really cool things back in the day, like the Ben Fly Fishing Festival. Um, yeah. I did, we did that for three years. Started at COCC, then Tumalo Creek for the next couple of years. Um, and it was really cool. It's just one thing I've always really enjoyed was the community yeah. of the fly fishermen in Central Oregon, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's... So I moved here in 2012, I think, early 2012, March of 2012. And I think... So Gabe Parr was kind of running uh the casting club at that time which i don't know if people listening would be familiar but it was this cool informal group that would just you know meet up at the pub at this time we'll just bs about whatever and some shops will supply rods to test cast and it was awesome and met you know a lot of great like you're saying just the community it's just an awesome community here that's part of why i wanted to do the podcast just talk it was always enjoyable talking to people who liked the fishing and liked the town and kind of there's so many kind of different angles on fly fishing here with the lakes and the steelhead and the bull trout and you know obviously the standard trout in the river but there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat and um there's so many different people that kind of are in the different niches of it so it's it's, i i thought the casting club thing was great and i never really did much other than come hang out and bs but um definitely appreciate the the time you guys did setting everything up was a cool cool experience doing that yeah it was I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, like, just was thinking back, <laughs> hanging out the lot, and it's yeah. 12 degrees out, yeah. we're all under the heaters drinking beer, <laughs> going to Crux and casting rods with yeah. Ty and Scott yep. and everybody. It's it really cool. And I've always been, like, very appreciative of the community we have here, even from the other guides and um, employees at the shops, like some of my good fishing buddies work right. at Confluence and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, have worked at other shops. Caleb, when he was back at the Patient Angler, mm-hmm. um, he and I used to fish hard together. Oh, yeah. And, like, he's one of the best people I've ever met um, as far as in the angling community, you know. And yeah. miss him. He's not here anymore. Oh, okay. He lives in Portland. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool, you know, just seeing, like, all the shops come together and actually, like, supporting one thing. It's, like, yeah. quite a bit different from what I've understood. Like, you know, Scott's told me back in the day, like, pretty much at the Warm Strings boat ramp, you didn't even make eye contact with yeah, other right, guides. Right. And Definitely. I can understand... I can understand that, but at the same time, it's like, we're all doing the same thing. Um, I understand like the independent guys got to get their clients, but for the most part, when you work for an outfitter, you're guiding the outfitter's clients, not your own. So like, in my opinion, being around other guides from another outfitter, it's not like I'm going to steal their clients because we're just doing the job that we're told to do, you know? And And it's at the end of the day, it's just fishing, right? It's just fishing, man. (laughs) We're just trying to enjoy ourselves. I hear you. I've seen some of the animosity, you know, in the Rockies and... And, uh, yeah, it's great. It's just a great community here. Great, you know, just the way everybody is with each other, different shops. And, um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be a fly fisherman. It sure. is. It is. And yeah, it's awesome. People yeah. getting along, you know, and yeah. seeing people on the river. I always loved when I was guiding on the lower to shoots on the day stretch and seeing my buddies from the other shops yeah. waving at them yeah. or, you know, maybe slipping a finger to them <laughs> just jokingly when their clients aren't looking or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like we said, it's truly an amazing community and yeah. I love watching people rally and yeah. get behind something together. And it's kind of, I mean, it's a good segue there to uh, the whole wiki up thing that we just did. Um, just, I guess it was t- a week ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago? A week ago? No, last Saturday. <laughs> it was just last weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're here on Friday recording this. But, um, yeah, so the wiki up, picky up. Um, uh, you know, just keeping an eye on social media is kind of how I came across it. And I think seeing it on your Instagram um, and a bunch of other people's Instagram. And I ended up going up with my girls. But it was my little brief overview of what it was. And definitely dive in and... and, and uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, just the wiki up situation, the reservoir is down to empty at this point. And, um, you know, it, it hasn't been there ever or at least in the last 50 years or something like that. So opportunity to get in there, um, not a whole lot to do to save, you know, whatever is going on with the fish populations. But there's a cool opportunity to get in there and clean up and kind of see the place and just the way so many people in the in, in the area kind of came together and went up there and picked up and just mountains of trash and pictures all over social media of all of that. That was really cool to see. Yep. So could you talk about kind of how that came together originally and, um, and just what a cool event it was? Totally. Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, Kim Brannick and Evan Vick, um, mm-hmm. this all started with a conversation between them on an Instagram message between the two of them. Oh, okay. And, uh, it was really awesome. Kim reached out to me and Gabe and some other people that, um, I like saying it's like getting the old band back together because <laughs> Kim, Kim, Gabe, and I used to do quite a bit in okay. the past couple of years. And yeah. It's been a while since we've all gotten together and yeah. done a thing or two like that. And uh, yeah, Kim reached out to me, and I was like, of course, I'll do whatever. You yeah. know, I can help contribute from my business as well as um, Flying Field and right. connect uh, the shops. Yeah, connect yeah. the shops. And it was awesome, man. Like, Finn and Fire donated a keg, Flying Field got the donuts, the Ben Fly Shop got coffee. Uh, patient angler uh, donated trash bags Um, like there's every I apologize if I miss an outfitter but every outfitter donated in some capacity to the to the event which was great and uh, we it was pretty cool I mean it really came together in about a week and a half um, and just power social media you know we were posting on social media Um, I think since this is at historical lows you know since the late 50s from what I understand and have read it's kind of a hot button issue, if you will, right, right now. So the news got really involved. KTVZ wanted yeah. to talk about it, and Ben Bolton wanted to talk about it. So with their help, we were able to spread the word. And you know, we were hoping for twenty five people or whatever to show up, yeah. and we didn't sit there and count head for head. But we estimate between seventy and hundred people came yeah. out. Um, I was going to say, I would think a hundred. Just I pulled up to the dam and met Kim there, um, and grabbed bags, and I had my two little girls, and we went up to North Wiki up <clears throat> and kind of. Did some and just between the people at those two places, I mean, it seemed like easily 100 people, so yeah, it was awesome. It awesome is awesome, turnout. yeah, especially since it was kind of nasty, short out, notice. yeah, short notice. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it actually turned out to be pretty beautiful, yeah. Sun came out, and I think it was a little bit of inversion going on because I drove yeah. back into town, I was like. Man, I kind of want to go back up there. It was I know, just, it felt like the valley. Yeah. Come over Lava Butte. Yeah, totally. The in. fog wall. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, ugh. Um, no, it was really, um, 
It was awesome. We pulled out about 2,400 pounds of trash. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, which is unbelievable. Yeah, That's I a saw lot. Tires. And tires. A big lots. old hunk of, I think, an old trailer maybe that had come apart in. Uh, Right at the North Wiki up boat ramp that someone else had dragged up, and my daughters wouldn't let us walk by it without dragging that out. So we pulled the truck down and loaded that up. But I mean, just crazy stuff that was coming out of there, and just tons of it. And and, uh, the broomsmen came in and helped out with with getting all that junk out of there. um, Just seemed to go great. Yeah. Awesome turnout and really cool event. And uh, like you said, really complicated issue with um, kind of the factors at play. And We'll see. Time will tell what the um, what the outcome is. What, what the effects on fisheries? It can't definitely can't help. I can't no. imagine. Well, um, it's, yeah. It's fu- go ahead. I uh, I was talking to um, one of the other guys from Flying Field outside uh, Safeway one day, and um, we were talking about Wiki Up, and this old guy was overhearing us, and he was like, he's like, you guys are right. It's an incredible fishery, but what you need to remember is that was a reservoir built for irrigation and it's doing exactly what it's intended for which makes us feel bad because we're anglers and we know how great of a fishery that place is but i mean i was like man that guy was pretty accurate and like we hate to think of it that way but like i definitely think of it as a really great fishery but i understand what it was created for was irrigation um, back in the day and providing water to farms right um so it's definitely bittersweet and definitely a sensitive subject and like like i'm not the most educated person on what's going on up there and i don't want to you know provide the wrong information but that is that is true it was built for irrigation and it's a complicated thing you know i think i think it's easy for you see this in so many different arms of conservation but it's easy to point the finger at like the users of the resource whoever it is you know timber company maybe not a good example but in this case agricultural with water users but there's a lot i mean there's a low snowpack to start a warm spring you know a bunch of years of drought the changes in the regs based on the frog spotted frog up in crane prairie so they're holding back more water there so there are a lot of factors at play you know so it's um it's not productive to yell at somebody and um you know with all that in mind it's just a really cool cool thing to see people being positive and saying what can we do let's go try and clean up what we can and this is something we can actually get out boots on the ground and do something positive so it was awesome to see it um it was awesome to see the pictures on social media and the groups that turned out for it and uh definitely hats off to you for getting involved and getting it going and kim and evan yep um it's just an awesome awesome event um so, yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time here, but um, just to finish up, I thought maybe we could talk about Trout Doors. So yeah. your marketing company, I'm guessing you worked with Blackstrap and then kind of spun off totally. from there. Is that right? So how um, long? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, after I left Fly Fisher's Place, I got a really awesome job with a local outdoor company okay. uh, called Cairn, uh, oh, yeah. a subscription box company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my intention was graduate college, spend the year in the shop or the season in the shop guiding and then uh, getting a, you know, a big boy job. So mm-hmm. uh, I knew I wanted to be in the outdoor, the fly fishing space. Obviously, there's not many fly fishing manufacturers in Central Oregon right. to work for. And I don't want to leave this place. Yeah. And... 
I was actually a subscriber to Karen, and when I was in my last year of college, I was the president of the Entrepreneurship Club at OSU Cascades, cool. and I invited uh, the owner, Rob Little, to present, and I gave him my resume and, I was, and a cover letter, and I was like, I don't know if you have anything open, but here's my resume, blah, 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 and he was like, if you ever see anything, get a hold of me, so I saw a job posting, sent him an email, applied for it, went through the pipeline, really awesome interview process um, like breakfast with the crew and like oh i met before a guide trip i remember it was like oh, cool. 7 a.m <laughs> breakfast with my future co-workers yeah, you know like in your hat you did yeah totally <laughs> just like gross beer yeah. and like they're like i sure we want to hire this guy but um i ended up landing the job and it was awesome you know great great crew there uh, one of my favorite fishing partners is still works there and uh i was working in customer service and you know over the years with my involvement with Blackstrap and Flying Field, um, I got back into photography and um, was really into the whole social media thing and like thought I was feeling just a little underwhelmed um, in the position I was at and was yeah. like, I really feel like I could contribute a lot more and I just kind of got, um, you know, just kind of got done with it. Yeah. And uh, I was there about eight months and okay. I, uh, I actually went to Griff and I was like, hey man, like, I think I'm looking for something new. Like, do you think I could come guide full time this season and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of just get my feet back in the water per yeah, se and right. figure out what I want to do? And he was like, "Yeah, man, let's talk about it." And meanwhile, Scott and I met, and he was like, "You know, I'm kind of looking to hire a marketing manager right now." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that would be. And he's like, "You're kind of the guy I want for it." And I was like, cool, man. And we talked about it. And I was still doing, while I was working at Cairn, I was actually still working with Blackstrap, doing like 30 hours a month or something, okay. just extra here and there. Yeah. Um, great additional income. Yeah. And my buddy Radham, who owns Rad Camps, was also looking for somebody to help with their social media. So I remember having lunch with them. And he was like, dude, you need to start your own business. Like, yeah. he was really like pushing me, like, you got this, man. Like, you have connections. You know people that can use your services. You appear to be really good at what you do, even though I had no experience necessarily yeah. doing it professionally. And yeah. um, so I, I left Karen. And it was early May 2016. May 8th, I don't know how I remember dates like that. Um, May 8th was my last day there. So May 9th was my first day of self-employment. Wow, I left. It was, it was a weird thing, you know, like working at Karen was awesome. They had unlimited, unlimited paid vacation, really good benefits. Yeah. Like fortunately I could get some VA benefits, you know, so like the medical stuff, like it made it a little bit easier yeah. for me to take the leap. Um, I had actually been working with a VA a uh, mental health person at the same time as okay. well to develop a business plan. Okay. So she and my parents and you know everybody was very supportive and awesome. even Scott I was like look like you know I put a contract proposal together and I was like how about this and um he's like let's do it man. Yeah. So uh I spent I did guide last summer too. Um okay. not as much. Actually I did quite a bit. I think I did about 60 trips something around Just there. Just this past summer 2018. 2017. 20, okay, so yep. 2017, yeah. So, so tw- while you were getting started with trout tours. Yeah. Totally. While I was getting started with it and um it was great. Like I by uh last fall, so about a year ago, I ended up picking up a couple more customers. So 
came into 2018 with five customers and cool. now I have uh, nine that I work with. Wow. Um, so, what awesome. a, thanks man, it's, it's been pretty crazy, yeah. scary every day, <laughs> like never know what's gonna happen and it's really awesome learning. I, yeah. I got into photography as a child, um, yeah. <laughs> nothing crazy, you know, like I'd run around with a point and shoot yeah, and take right. pictures of my brother and I doing fun things and all the f- take it to school and take pictures of my friends or whatever and then in the military I always carried a point and shoot. And in okay. high school, I got like a nice, nicer DSLR and fiddled with that a bit. And I always had a point and shoot when I was in the military and um, got out and started taking pictures again with like a point and shoot. And yeah. I was like taking pictures of fish and like where I was going. And yeah. like there's insanely beautiful places. Trying to like, capture it, yeah. yeah. Trout don't live in ugly places, right, you know. Yeah. And I was like using black straps camera and this and that and borrowing anyone's DSLR. And yeah. finally, uh, my folks actually got me a. Uh, Sony a6000 for oh, cool. uh, Christmas one year and it was kind of like when That's I got crazy. that first fly rod I just hit hit it and yeah. I mean I was like shooting every day was my goal oh, um, cool. trying to figure out how to actually work those cameras right. you know and Which is um, the thing right just lots of reps lot, lots of it <laughs> lot and yeah so I I really wanted to do social media management and photography as my business and not necessarily photography for like selling, but providing content to the people I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, for example, I work with a local brewery and I provide X amount of photos and I integrate those into the social posting each um, each month. And um, my original plan was to go work with fly fishing brands. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go do all this, you yeah. know? And like, I do have one major brand uh, that I work with and I don't know if I'm necessarily supposed to say who it is, yeah. but they make boots for your feet okay. um, and waiting and uh, and they're from Portland, but they, uh, they're they awesome. They give me an opportunity as well. And cool. uh, I I really enjoy working with those brands, but I've been starting to work with more local businesses and yeah. it's been really rewarding. Um, I've always framed my business to work in people's budgets. Yeah. Um, and I know there's other people out there that go and like, you know, oh, it's gonna be $15,000 for this for the next yeah. quarter. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> look, like, I'm not undermining anyone, but, you know, I provide a good service for yeah. a reasonable rate because people need it and yeah. people can't afford that. And then, right. you know, there's like, all different size businesses. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. Yeah. And this town is plentiful with business. Right. And I know a bunch of other people that do similar things to me. And it's awesome, like having that kind of little mini community, you know, yeah. and um, it's been great. Like I've been, you know, really been exploring my photography, trying to get into the video game as we um, as we were talking about yeah. earlier. But I've been teaching myself a little bit of graphic design. My good buddy, buddy Brett Davis, owns a print shop in town. He, okay. he's like, I'm like, dude, I gotta figure this thing out. And he'll be like, all right, man, just I'll call you back. I'll spend an hour on the phone, and he'll like walk me through oh, something cool. on InDesign, you know. Yeah. But um, it's been really cool learning new things and um, really just talking with you know local companies and brands and having the opportunity to work with them. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I mean, like you said, in, in a cool town like this, that's you know. A lot of different businesses going on and, and growing and getting started and it's I'm sure it's cool to be plugged into all the you know fly fishing is great and we all love fly fishing but to see all different kinds of things going on and meet a lot of great like-minded people and it's it's cool to see the entrepreneurial uh, yeah love you it. know courage to jump out and do your own thing that's awesome so yeah thank you um, Good luck with Trout Doors, and uh, if people need to find you, I'm sure they can find you on social media. Yep. Uh, the website is Trout Doors Marketing um, for 
all sorts of media marketing kind of stuff and yep. uh, look up Kyle and Kyle thanks for sitting down taking the time yeah of and, course uh, thank great you conversation. appreciate it yeah, thank thank you. You. to keep up to date on the podcast follow Central Oregon on the fly on Instagram see you there